0: who this lady was. The light seemed ready to flash from the prisoner's eyes. "'I am aware that she was one of the ladies of the court,' he said. "'Ye remember that lady well, do you not?' "'Oh, my recollection can hardly be very confused on this head,' said the young prisoner. "'I saw that lady once with a gentleman about forty-five years old. "'I saw her once with you.' and with the lady dressed in black. I have seen her twice since then, with the same person. These four people, with my master, and old Peronet, my jailer, and the governor of the prison, are the only persons with whom I have ever spoken, and indeed almost the only persons I have ever seen. Then you were in prison? If I am a prisoner here, then I was comparatively free, though in a very narrow sense. A house I never quitted, a garden surrounded with walls I could not climb. These constituted my residence. But you know it, as you have been there. In a word, being accustomed to live within these bounds, I never cared to leave them. And so you will well understand, monsieur, that having never seen anything of the world, I have nothing left to care for. And therefore, if you relate anything you will be obliged to explain each item to me as you go along. "'And I will do so,' said Aramis, bowing. "'For it is my duty, Monseigneur. "'Well, then, begin by telling me who was my tutor.' "'A worthy and, above all, an honourable gentleman, Monseigneur, fit guide for both body and soul. Had you ever any reason to complain of him?' "'Oh, no, quite the contrary.' but this gentleman of yours often used to tell me that my father and mother were dead. Did he deceive me, or did he speak the truth? He was compelled to comply with the orders given him. Then he lied. In one respect, your father is dead. And my mother? She is dead for you. But then she lives for others, does she not? Yes. And I, and I, then, the young man looked sharply at Aramis, am compelled to live in the obscurity of a prison? Alas, I fear so. And that because my presence in the world would lead to the revelation of a great secret? Certainly a very great secret. My enemy must indeed be powerful, to be able to shut up in the Bastille a child such as I then was. He is. More powerful than my mother, then? And why do you ask that? Because my mother would have taken my part. Aramis hesitated. Yes, Monseigneur, more powerful than your mother. Seeing then that my nurse and preceptor were carried off, and that I also were separated from them either they were or I am very dangerous to my enemy yes but you are alluding to a peril from which he freed himself by causing the nurse and preceptor to disappear answered Aramis quietly disappear cried the prisoner how did they disappear in a very sure way answered Aramis They are dead. The young man turned pale, and passed his hand tremblingly over his face. Poison? he asked. Poison. The prisoner reflected a moment. My enemy must indeed have been very cruel, or hard beset by necessity, to assassinate those two innocent people, my sole support. For the worthy gentleman and the poor nurse— had never harmed a living being. "'In your family, Monseigneur, necessity is stern, and so it is necessity which compels me, to my great regret, to tell you that this gentleman and the unhappy lady have been assassinated.' "'Oh, you tell me nothing I am not aware of,' said the prisoner, knitting his brows. "'How?' "'I suspected it.' "'Why?' I will tell you. At this moment the young man, supporting himself on his two elbows, drew close to Aramis's face, with such an expression of dignity, of self-command and of defiance, even, that the bishop felt the electricity of enthusiasm strike in devouring flashes from that great heart of his into his brain of adamant. "'Speak, monseigneur, I have already told you that by conversing with you I endanger my life. Little value as it has, I implore you to accept it as the ransom of your own.' "'Well,' resumed the young man, "'this is why I suspected they had killed my nurse and my preceptor.' "'Whom you used to call your father?' "'Yes, whom I called my father, but whose son I well know I was not.' Who caused you to suppose so? Just as you, monsieur, are too respectful for a friend, he was also too respectful for a father. I, however, said Aramis, have no intention to disguise myself. The young man nodded assent and continued. Undoubtedly I was not destined to perpetual seclusion, said the prisoner and that which makes me believe so above all now is the care that was taken to render me as accomplished a cavalier as possible the gentleman attached to my person taught me everything he knew himself mathematics a little geometry astronomy fencing and riding every morning i went through military exercises and practiced on horseback well one morning during the summer it being very hot I went to sleep in the hall. Nothing up to that period, except the respect paid me, had enlightened me, or even roused my suspicions. I lived as children, as birds, as plants, as the air and the sun do. I had just turned my fifteenth year. This, then, is eight years ago? Yes, nearly. But I have ceased to reckon time. Excuse me? BUT WHAT DID YOUR tutor TELL YOU TO ENCOURAGE YOU TO WORK? HE USED TO SAY THAT A MAN WAS BOUND TO MAKE FOR HIMSELF, IN THE WORLD, THAT FORTUNE WHICH HEAVEN HAD REFUSED HIM AT HIS BIRTH. HE ADDED THAT, BEING A POOR, OBSCURE ORPHAN, I HAD NO ONE BUT MYSELF TO LOOK TO, AND THAT NOBODY EITHER DID OR EVER WOULD TAKE ANY INTEREST IN ME. I WAS THEN IN THE HALL I HAVE SPOKEN OF, "'asleep from fatigue with long fencing. "'My preceptor was in his room on the first floor, just over me. "'Suddenly I heard him exclaim, and then he called, "'Perronet! Perronet!' "'It was my nurse whom he called. "'Yes, I know it,' said Aramis. "'Continue, Monseigneur.' "'Very likely she was in the garden, for my preceptor came hastily downstairs.' I rose, anxious at seeing him anxious. He opened the garden door, still crying out, Perronnette! Perronnette! The windows of the hall looked into the court. The shutters were closed, but through a chink in them I saw my tutor draw near a large well, which was almost directly under the windows of his study. He stooped over the brim, looked into the well, and again cried out, and made wild and affrighted gestures, Where I was I could not only see, but hear, and see and hear I did. "'Go on, I pray you,' said Aramis. Dame Perronnette came running up, hearing the governor's cries. He went to meet her, took her by the arm, and drew her quickly towards the edge, after which, as they both bent over it together, "'Look, look!' cried he. "'What a misfortune!' "'Calm yourself! calm yourself!' said Perrinet. "'What is the matter?' "'The letter!' he exclaimed. "'Do you see that letter?' pointing to the bottom of the well. "'What letter?' she cried. "'The letter you see down there, the last letter from the Queen.' At this word I trembled. "'My tutor, he who passed for my father, "'he who was continually recommending me modesty and humility, "'in correspondence with the Queen!' The Queen's last letter! cried Perronet, without showing more astonishment than at seeing this letter at the bottom of the well. But how came it there? A chance, Dame Perronnette, a singular chance. I was entering my room, and on opening the door, the window too being open, a puff of air came suddenly and carried off this paper, this letter of Her Majesty's. I darted after it, and gain the window just in time to see it flutter a moment in the breeze, and disappear down the well. Well, said Dame Pernet and if the letter has fallen into the well, tis all the same as if it was burnt, and the Queen burns all her letters every time she comes. And so, you see, this lady who came every month was the Queen, said the prisoner. Doubtless, doubtless, continued the old gentleman, but this letter contained instructions. How can I follow them? Write immediately to her, give her a plain account of the accident, and the Queen will no doubt write you another letter in place of this. Oh, the Queen would never believe the story, said the good gentleman, shaking his head. She will imagine that I want to keep this letter instead of giving it up like the rest, so as to have a hold over her. She is so distrustful, and M. de Mazarin, so... Yon devil of an Italian is capable of having us poisoned at the first breath of suspicion. End of Part 1 of Chapter 1